Well, hello there, dead and lovely listeners. It's time for a brand new mini-sode of Dead and Lovely, your favorite horror movie podcast in this multiverse and beyond. Here with the host with the most, why, it's me, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And we got a set of ovaries in this room. Why, it's me. Who dat? Who dat? It's Tante Kate. Hi. It's my wife. My wife. And we are here to tell you guys that, for one, we are playing with our gigantic dog, Zora. So if you hear some pitter-pattering of, of paws or maybe a ball being thrown in the background, that's just this big old girl trying to have herself some fun. <laughs> she's and, so uh, cute. She's so cute. And other than that, we're here to talk to you guys about the newly released Doctor Sleep. Yeah! Which just came out in the movie theaters. Kate and I saw it yesterday. You saw it just a scant few hours ago. I did. And we're here to talk to you guys about it. First, we're going to do a little spoiler-free review for everybody who's just curious about whether you should see it or not. Yeah. Then we're going to get real spoilery. Among the three of us, Kate is the only one who's read the book. Book spoilery to yeah. big time. We're going to get full spoilers. Yeah. So you guys be sure to keep a, keep a listen on here. We'll put a timestamp and stuff in the, uh, in the podcast description to let you guys know when stuff gets spoilery. But I want to get straight into this thing. What- Let's do it. Is your first thoughts about this movie as a book reader, My Lovely Wife? It was really good. They stuck to the book pretty closely. I was actually shocked how close they stuck to the book. I think like halfway through the movie, I was like, wow, they're they're doing a really amazing job to be a Stephen hmm. King movie adaptation. Okay. <laughs> it did really well up until the third act. Right. Okay. And just for reference, you read the book a couple months ago and you did enjoy it. And also you're a giant Shining fan, correct? It was about a year and a half, two years ago. And yes, to the rest of it. So okay. yeah, I, I enjoyed the book. It's not a great piece of literature. It's a fun read, which, you know, sometimes that's all you want. I mean, I think that's true of most Stephen King books. It's, yeah. not, it's not like the greatest literature in the world, but it, it's good horror. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a really good Stephen King book. Okay. So, and it fit the shining it's no it's not on the same tier you're never going to be on the same tier but it fit the shining it follows it pretty well Mm -hmm. i liked the detail i liked the new magic that was evolved Uh, it was good okay steve what are your first thoughts about this i know that you're also a big old shining fan as well um my thoughts about this are that this is a good movie when it uh, moves a bit away from what The Shining did. Okay. It's it's a real great movie in those moments. When it, it gets closer to The Shining, when it gets back to the original, I, it seems to rely more on nostalgia than storytelling. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's very... Strongly agree. <laughs> it's very tough to avoid that. It's one of those things where when you are doing a follow-up to what many, especially myself, consider to be the greatest horror movie of all time, and you've had, now at this point, basically 40 years to soak up that movie and worship that movie and analyze every little thing about it, and then somebody asks you to do a follow-up, Yeah, that's pretty fucking hard. And it's like, honestly, anything you do that harkens back to The Shining people will label as, oh, you're just cashing in on nostalgia. Of course. Yeah. Stephen King also waited fucking 40 years yeah, to cash in to on, cash in on nostalgia and yeah. do a sequel. Uh, so it's hard not to to run into that. That's true, and you're going to have to deal with it no matter what. 
I think. And that's probably why this is this was never going to be on the same level as The Shining or even There's no way it would come yeah, close. It couldn't because it has to deal with the first movie. And because it has to deal with that it's going to get into some nostalgia at this point because we're so far away from it. What are we, 39 30, years away? 39 from years, yeah. Yeah. So we're so far away from it, but we've all rewatched The Shining a million times. We're horror fans. Oh, yeah. And let's, let's just go ahead and cover this before we get deeper into the podcast. We all agree it's not as good as The Shining. There's no point in even comparing it to The Yeah, Shining. there's not. There's no reason to Book compare Book or it. movie, Shining's better. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. So let's not even try to base this. Start there. Start there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not even try to base this on, well, how does it stack up to The Shining? There's no point. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Right. Yeah, no. It really, so it's it really not does. Everest for sure, but it might be another tall mountain. Yeah, it's it it's its own little semi-mountain before yeah. you're like, oh, this is so beautiful. Yep. Fuck, we got more to go through. <laughs> yeah. I think that this movie is good and worth a watch. But I have a lot more to say about it in the spoiler section. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Let's kind of talk about some of the stuff that we can talk about in the non-spoiler section. This movie was directed by Mike Flanagan. Great. Love Mike Flanagan. Here's the thing. I don't. You know, okay, yeah. All right. You know, so like going into this, knowing that he did Haunting of Hill House, he which did. I was critical of. I yes, hated sure. it. You, I, hate, you just flat out hate I, it. I yeah. fucking hate it. I, I uh, mentioned a few episodes ago that my wife and I watched through it because she hadn't seen it. And it was she my se- it, right? second watch through. She loved it. And I liked it a lot more the second time. Wow. Through. Yeah. Well, maybe I should give it another spin sometime. Maybe. I, I don't. I, honestly, I don't think that I like it that much. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you, you have to. I think I found a lot in it the second time that was admirable and good. But if, if you really didn't like it the first time around, you're not going to get much out of it the second time around. I have found that when I try to rewatch movies to be like, oh, no, it's better the second time around. It doesn't work. Oh, no, it's so much worse. <laughs> I'm like, no, you know where I thought this was irritating? Yeah. No, it fucking sucks. Yeah. Gotcha. So considering that The Shining is my favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah. And the book is one of my favorite books of all time, too. I mean, I'm, I am flat out obsessed with The Shining. I have been ever since Kate and I watched it. Well, you'd seen it 2003. before. Yeah. I know exactly when you watched the show. Wow. Yeah, you'd seen it before. I had never seen it. Wow. And I've been obsessed with that movie that since long. Then. Since then. Yeah. 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 That's, wow, okay. So, so it wasn't that long ago, but it was a, a while it ago. It was a while yeah. ago, yeah. And I have seriously just been like all about that movie ever since then. Yeah, I get it. And so then to find out that its sequel is going to be directed by this guy whose work I'm not exactly over the moon mm-hmm. about. I went into this very skeptical. I was okay. like, he's going to play into the the melodrama aspect, just like Hill House did. Hill House, to me, was just so melodramatic. And it's, then occasionally it, it would remember to be horror. Right. <laughs> I was so, so very skeptical about this. And I think he did a pretty fucking good job. I think so, too. I haven't, again, I haven't read the book, so I can't really say exactly how well he captured the source material, but... I, I thought yeah. the the look of the movie, I thought even, you know, and again, this is not spoilerish because if you've seen the previews, you know, there's Overlook stuff in the movie. Yeah. Uh, even when it went back to the Overlook, I felt like it captured the spirit of the original pretty fucking well, above and beyond my expectations. Yeah. I would say it does capture the spirit for sure. And I, as someone who wants films and books to be separate, 
I'm not too worried about how faithful an adaptation it was uh, as as much as I'm worried that it's a good, well put together movie. I think this movie works really well for two acts and then drags a little bit and kind of misses some of the great, interesting, creative stuff they did in the first two acts in that third act. And that's really where they deviated the most. Okay. So yeah, we'll we'll have to maybe, get into book spoilers in a little bit. Yeah, because I I don't know anything about the book at all. Well, the impression that I get is that they were really trying to straddle the line between being a a sequel that would appeal to fans of the Shining movie and of the Shining book. There were multiple uh-huh. references to stuff that were in the Shining book that weren't in the movie. Even the the talk of the Derwents. And oh, stuff okay. like that. Like those are things that were straight from the book that were never mentioned in the movie. I I, I agree uh-huh. and think that they did try to match up what is a classic adaptation film to the only source material we have now, okay. the book. Which they did pretty well. And I some of the changes uh, all of the changes I know why they did them. A couple of the changes I agree with. Okay. What what did you guys think about the casting of the movie? Well, Ewan McGregor is a goddamn treasure. I love love that Ewan McGregor. Rebecca Ferguson, who I did not know. She is so good and gorgeous and gorgeous. She's her her style is like fucking Swamp Witch or something. Swamp Witch who just walked out of a, a Starbucks because she's also like, wearing like yoga yeah. pants at some point. C- character modern bohemia. She's amazing. Like Crate and Barrel Bohemia yeah. is kind of mm-hmm. where she is. Yeah. And I like it. Yeah. And she's she's absolutely gorgeous and a great actress. I think she's enchanting. Like she as a... Well, I don't know. I'll put it this way. I've seen a bunch of the reviews that have been like, man, her is a villain... She wasn't scary. The movie wasn't scary. Yeah, that's ridiculous because her the fact that she's so alluring makes her more scary. It's just like a vampire. Like, well, that that's the thing that I'm kind of getting at is like ultimately I don't know if this was supposed to be that scary. Yeah. of a story. I don't know that it was either. Yeah. Yeah, like something like The Shining is very obviously designed to be a scary haunted house maybe crazy person. Yeah kind of story but the thing about her character is is i don't really know that she was supposed to be a spooky scary Mm-mm. villain i mean it, she's kind of a vampire but she's also just kind of trying to to make good for her, hers and yeah so on i think this movie very consciously knows that it's a sequel to one of the best horror movies if not the best horror movie ever made so it realizes that it's not going to be able to be scary in the same way The Shining is is scary because right. if you make a sequel that's pretty much the first one. You know all the monsters. Yeah. Boring. So this brings new monsters and new ways of being scared and new types of fear into it. And I think that's the only way you could possibly do a sequel to The Shining. But at the same time, that's also how you get hardcore fans to to piss all over it. True. And say, well, it's yeah. not it's not like the original. It's not as scary as the original. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't. It really it doesn't. doesn't have to be. As it a doesn't fan. have to be. It just needs to be a new, different story. I will say I enjoyed 
The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I did too. So I'm okay with a little bit of just like, mm-hmm. hey, you know this thing you love? Let's slightly revisit yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Boo, boo. Not, you liked The Force Awakens. Oh, wait. Yeah, sorry. Last Jedi I didn't like. Force Awakens again. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Yeah, so Rebecca Ferguson, amazing, enchanting, yeah. gorgeous. I think that her accent was kind of all over the place. That very well, first Swedish. scene in the movie. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh. She's she's Swedish. Uh-huh. In the that very Yeah, it does. In the very first scene, she is very Irish. Uh-huh. Later she's Irish-ish. Irish-ish. But Kate, you have kind of an explanation for that that might just be making up for crappy acting. I don't know. I, I think it's very poor di- yeah I think it's very poor dialect oh, okay. acting okay but you can explain it away by saying she's an ancient being yeah yeah like they are near immortals yeah we and yeah. so if she was originated in Ireland which she mm-hmm. did and then she's lived so long in yeah. America or wherever else she's traveled in her centuries you can kind of explain away a faulty accent a little bit but yeah. ultimately I think it's just bad dialect yeah, maybe. I think so. I think that's probably right. And there's some other good casting and stuff in the movie, too, in yeah. the form of especially the new old casting, I'm going to call it. Again, I don't oh, feel like yeah. this is spoiler territory. There's a lot of callbacks to characters that were in The Shining. We've got Wendy Torrance. We've got Scatman Crothers. Um, and they are recast as new actors mm-hmm. rather than doing deep fake like fake uh face swap or cgi or anything like that which i very much appreciate i did too i wonder how long those meetings lasted though where they sat there and decided yeah because we want to do a face swap or not yeah because the 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 technology is there but it's expensive like and people do you want it jack nicholson's not dead he's not and you could probably de-age him and he could yeah that that would be maybe it was just a thing where Jack Nicholson said no, and they were like, "What are we gonna do from here?" Like if if yeah. Jack Nicholson's yeah. not back, we're not gonna get anyone else back. So I mean, Scott McCrothers is dead. I can't imagine Shelley Duvall. Would well, she, yeah, she's yeah, I can't imagine she's been she would suffering agree to it. from some some issues for a while. Yeah, yeah. One of the first shots in the movie is of Danny on the tricycle in the Overlook. Yeah. And- and we, we I was watching it back. very... Yeah, it's like yeah. shown from the back of the head, yeah. and I'm like, okay, this is obviously new footage because I don't recognize this from The yeah, Shining. Yeah, and the but lighting's a little different. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. the kid's hair is like, okay, I know that this isn't Danny simply because I'm obsessed with The Shining and yes. I've seen it a million times. And then he like turns to look at room 237, and you're like, oh, it's a different kid. Right. And that kind of establishes right away, like, okay, guys, use your fucking imagination for a second. Yeah. We're recasting characters. And then later on... We meet a Scatman Crothers. Yes, we do. Dupe that is very fucking impressive. Very if you ask me. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, well, this is this is first act. Like it's all first. Yeah, act. Yeah. And you, some of this is in the previews even. And a lot yeah. of flashbacks and stuff. Yeah. So we we won't reveal why Scatman Crothers is there, but Scatman Crothers is there, and and the guy Dick that Halloran. got yeah the guy that played Dick Halloran looks very much crazy like him. he looks yeah. so much like him he sounds very much like him he's like a little stockier he's a little less skinny yeah than Scatman Crothers but dude yeah. his Fa- facial face expressions only, yeah. yeah dude the way that he does that thing that Scatman does where he would like kind of stick out his lower lip yeah. a little yes. bit uh-huh his vocal intonations yeah. and rhythms are 
pretty fucking crazy. Nails it. Yeah, like yeah. The, the rhythm in which he speaks to Danny is so spot on, it's unbelievable. So Alex Esso as Wendy Torrance, she... Fucking crazy. She nails it, like, insanely. Like, Do they, I know they, her from anything? I don't know if I could name anything she's in, but she, she, she like... They got the hair right. I mean, they got the whole yeah. look right. The hair, the, the ears poking out all like a little bit from the... But all that. But then she just nails this Wendy Torrance impression. Oh, yeah. It's great. What? It's so her, good. Her intonation of her speech. And this is one of those things that I think a lot of people don't take into account whenever they're doing yeah. or hearing an impression of somebody. The pitch and the way that her voice modulates up and down when she talks, when she's like Danny, yeah, Danny, like she, Danny, where she screams and runs across the street. It's yeah, it's really perfect. Uh, like she, uh, she, she doesn't honestly like look all that similar to Shelley Duvall. I guess you could say she's yeah, she's objectively like prettier. I guess you could say yeah. They've they've got like they've put some like. Uh, False teeth in, and and I'm I'm pretty sure they had her, to push her. Yeah, ears her ears are pushed out a little bit to try to look like it. But yeah, she doesn't look exactly like it. But she, she nails. Acts like it. Holy shit! Yeah, uh, Alex Esso is her name. She's also in Starry Eyes, which is a great horror movie, and Tales of Halloween, which is also a great uh, anthology Not horror. Of this. Check them out. Uh, she she really does though. She hits it so perfectly and acts like her her level of concern and stuff for Danny is all very like on point. Like you can tell she worked her ass off to get there. And the kid who plays Danny, you're right. Like you can tell from the back, he looks a little different, and the shot is a little different. The lighting is just slightly different. But I think all those slight differences actually serve the movie really well. Where it's like, okay. We're going to try to hit your favorites. We're going to try to be the exactly. shining a little bit, but also we got this whole other story we're telling. And that story is really interesting. What do you think about the girl that plays Abra, who is... Oh, she's so cute. I love character. her. She is so freaking cute. She's yeah. great. Yeah, like, she's great. She matches Abra in the book yeah. so okay. well. Of course, when I read the book, it was Abra. Yeah. Because I yeah. had no... I had nobody saying it out loud. Right. To me. But yeah, it. I loved it. Yeah. Also, I thought matching Abracadabra seemed corny, Stephen King. It does, <laughs> It is corny, but that's that's Stephen King. Yeah. I I thought that the way that she acted with Ewan McGregor was perfect. Like they're a good. Their and, chemistry was yeah. great. And that that's probably a lot of him. Uh, working his ass off to be like not intimidating to a young actress and then her not being intimidated he's he's not a he's a good actor but he yeah. doesn't play strong characters right he yes yeah so, he's obi-wan he's not yes. yeah he's not anakin so when i saw that they cast him i got a little mm -hmm. i mean because he's not yeah a strong but then danny's not a strong no person. he's not he's an alcoholic yeah which i mean that's one of the opening scenes it's mm -hmm. like He's, yeah, that's what we learned about Nanny yeah. is he's he's become like his dad. He's an alcoholic and he's suffering and then So it makes sense for it to be somebody not quite as like with a powerful aura yeah. that Yeah, it would that would be odd. In a lead. Yeah, that would be odd. <laughs> I think the Abra and him interacting kind of had a little bit of a Stranger Things vibe with yes. Eleven and yep. uh, Eleven and, and the sheriff, yeah. Yeah, it had a little bit of that kind of vibe mm -hmm. for me going on, which again 
works pretty well. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, I think I think that relationship goes back to Paper Moon with Tatum O'Neill, like that the the idea of this like child who is a little beyond their years and this adult who is a little below their years, who's had so much yeah. like traumatic shit happen to them that they they're just not adulting to their maximum. They're they're still struggling, which is you know that's that's. Uh, What's his name in Stranger Things too? He's his wife has died, or his kid has died. His wife has left him, and he's yeah. just kind of stuck. He's just aimless. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I don't know exactly how much deeper we can go before we get into yeah, like super spoiler territory. Yeah, because we're pretty much out of stuff to say. We're that's kinda, not yeah, spoilers. we're kind of on the edge <laughs> before we can get really spoilery. So I'll just uh, I'll kind of start us off here and just say that like as somebody who is certifiably obsessed with The Shining and The Shining is my all-time favorite movie. It's my all-time favorite horror movie and I have seen it countless amount of times and I was so skeptical about this. I was so skeptical about Stephen King writing a sequel Mm -hmm. and then like I said, I find out that Mike Flanagan's directing. And you're not a big fan. Not a fan. Mm -hmm. Very skeptical. The fact that I'm walking away from this movie a day later and being like, yeah, it was good. (laughs) Do you think it was because of your low expectations? Maybe. Probably. I think that <laughs> I think that it's part of it. I think that it's part of it. I think the fact that like I was like there's no way anything can follow up my fucking number one favorite of all time. Yeah. Uh, and then we start watching this movie and I keep turning to you and I'm like I'm on board with this. This is okay. This is pretty good. This is pretty good. I said it like fucking 10 times during the movie. Yes, you did talk throughout the whole movie to me. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Ben's a movie talker, guys. Well, <laughs> yes, he is bad. I was also in a slightly altered state as what? we were watching the movie, so I that might that. have something to do with it. I don't know. <laughs> but the fact to me that I left this movie and I was like, was it as good as The Shining? Of course not. Yeah. But it's the kind of thing where, honestly, the best way that I would think about it is it's as though really great fan fiction was turned into a movie. Yeah. It feels like really okay. good fan fiction that got turned into a movie. That's to valid, me. and I'm pretty okay with it. So I recommend it if you're a fan of The Shining. I recommend checking it out. Kate's gonna tell us what she thinks. <laughs> she stops laughing at me, validating Ben. <laughs> the, well, the fan fiction thing is like this is somebody who's never read fan fiction because there's nowhere near enough like right. boy on boy True. sex. Yeah, hey, I've read tons of Final Fantasy VII fan fiction on the GIA.org in fucking 2000. Thank you. Uh, uh-huh. The Gamers Informers Agency is a yeah. great site. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me. I had low, mid-level expectations. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who the director was. Didn't look him up, though. Right. So if I had looked him up, I would have had lower expectations. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and the book, I love The Shining. I grew up with The Shining. I watch it annually. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. Yeah. I don't buy into any of the conspiracies. Me either. None of them. I, I live with this man who just is constantly like, did you hear this? And maybe this could mean this. And it's like, mm, no. It's the history of America. That's what it is. <laughs> it's not. It's I really not. I do buy not. into that conspiracy. <laughs> it's not a conspiracy. It's fact. Uh-huh. It's okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I enjoy it. I watch it. I love it. Don't buy into any of the depth 
I think it's yeah. a pretty yeah. movie. It is. I liked the book. Don't think there was any depth to the book, Dr. Sleep. So I'm okay with it. Like, and they yeah. fit together. The movie did pretty well. I got pretty mad at the ending, which we'll discuss yeah, in we'll, the spoiler. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. But it, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. Whenever Ben did turn to me and say, this is really good. Yeah. I was like, you know what it is. <laughs> I don't want to slap you right now. Yes. I agree. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm with you guys. I, I think that, like, I, going into it, I'd already dealt with the... Of course, this isn't going to be The Shining. Duh. If it had been, it would have just been a pleasant surprise. But it's a really competent horror movie with yeah. some real interesting ideas that I enjoyed. And I like the way that they portrayed a lot of them, too. Yeah. They, they look ca- good. They look great. I I do like Mike Flanagan. I, I liked Ouija 2, Origins of Evil. I liked Absentia. Uh, Gerald's Game is not my favorite, but it's mostly because of the story itself and not because of the direction. I, I, I think that Mike Flanagan, who is an, obviously a, a Stephen King fanboy, really big on him. I think he was able to do something with this that was real interesting for two acts. And then for a third act, he really did have to deal with The Shining. And there was no way that was going to be great. But again, going back to like the stuff that we talked about on our It Chapter 2 yeah. minisode and stuff like that, it's like we kind of all know that Stephen King isn't exactly the yes. king of clutch. He's yeah. not the king of yeah. like writing the best fucking ending yep. so it's like oh you mean there was a stephen king story where the third act wasn't great what yep. the fuck else is new <laughs> true so i'm not gonna put that on mike flanagan i'm gonna say that mike flanagan uh did a great job directing this even mcgregor is really good the cast is great uh it, it's worth a watch i think it's worth a watch it's maybe you don't run out first week in the theater but go check it out i think yeah, definitely go see it. Yeah, it's I good. Think, I think in the theater, it's probably a little bit better than it's going to be at home. It, it had a good look. Yeah, there's a lot of good yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. It's worth seeing. So, yeah, it's go worth, check it out. The camera work, which we'll delve more into, but yeah. like I really like the cinematography and the art direction of this movie is really good. Like, it's worth watching, even just for nostalgia's purposes. It's yeah. still good. It really is. I agree. So, yeah, I think overall the consensus that we're coming to here is, yeah, if you like The Shining, I don't think that you should be disappointed by this. So, no, go scope it out. Again, it's it's fucking my favorite movie ever. The Shining is my favorite movie ever. Yeah. So trying to follow this thing up is basically impossible. And I think this movie doesn't try to be a follow-up to The Shining. No, it'd be a it huge doesn't. mistake if it did. Yeah, it, it, it really does have its own unique story going. Yeah. From beginning to near the end. Yeah, and I know, yeah, right. <laughs> and I know a lot of like shining fanboys that will be very disappointed by this and be like, "Oh, it's nothing like The Shining." Well, it's like, well, yeah, but it wasn't really trying to be. So no, it wasn't. Just let it be what it is. I enjoyed it. Well, and even the book is not written in the same tone. Yeah. So it. Yeah, written so many years later too. Of course, Stephen King's not going to capture the same tone he had before. Yeah. But it would. It, I think it would have failed harder. Yeah, if, if he had tried to. If either avenue, yeah. like, tried to match yeah. that up. Yeah. 
So that being said, we recommend you go see it. And now, beware. Spoilers. From here on lies spoilers. Spoilers be ahead. Oh, no. Fancy wings on the backs of Honda Preludes. Spoilers. <laughs> Making them aerodynamic and able to Tokyo drift. Is that still drift. a thing? That's not still a thing, right? I'm not sure. I bet it is in Morristown. Probably, yeah, in Morristown, Tennessee, it probably That's is. That's so yeah. Morristown. So from here on out, we're going to be talking about some spoilers and stuff. And this is where I really want to hear Kate's point of view because you're the only one who's read the book. Yeah, I'm excited to know more about the book here so break us down a little bit here i know you said that the ending of the movie is very different from the book okay but let us know what other shit is missed skipped left out omitted whatever one of the biggest surprises for me also major book spoilers too i mean the book came out in 2013 what the fuck are you doing if you've not yeah. like you're not going to read it at this point yeah um, or you shouldn't care about spoilers true um I imagine Billy as much older. Okay. So, so the guy who plays Billy, who's the best friend of uh, Danny. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And like, I pictured, I pictured him as much older. I, at one point he has like a heart attack or a stroke or oh. something. It's been, like I said, it's been almost two years, like a year and a half yeah. since I read it. So it's been a while. But he, he, he has yeah. an age perhaps related yeah and they talk about him like retiring at some point like he's i I put him maybe not a full generation older than dan but closer to the next generation Mm -hmm. than he was to dan in the movie they're about the same age yeah in the movie they're very close to the same age it seems there's um that doctor i mean do you want me to get into all of them yeah go for it so that doctor who he meets at the aa meeting who he tells the about the watch yeah that guy is actually a major character. Like he goes and digs I up the kid. Assumed the with the actor boy. they got to play him, like he—he's a major, major okay. character. Like it's—it's it's actually Dan, Billy, and it's Dal- so he's really convinced John by Dalton. Danny's knowledge that his his watch was in this particular spot or whatever. Okay, so his connection, his biggest, like um, aside from him being like the. Th- Three men are like uh-huh. three amigos. Yeah. His biggest connection to like interplaying all of this. So Dan helps him find his watch. So then he's like shocked, but he's not that surprised. And yeah. Dan calls him on it. It's because Dr. John Dalton is Abra's pediatrician. What? Okay. Okay. So that connection makes that all make a Yeah. Bit that more makes sense. a lot more yeah. sense. Well, and that also kind of ties into this whole sort of tied in LinkedIn world where I was reading some shit on like IMDb or whatever. And I guess apparently Abra. Uh-huh. I'll get there. Okay. Is like Danny's like half sister or something? No, I'll, I'll get there. Okay. Yeah. Please, please tell. Because <laughs> I'll, that, I'll that was intriguing. What's going on? Yeah. So this, this guy who's in AA is very good friends with uh-huh. Billy. So he becomes very good friends with Dan. He's not that shocked by Dan's watch revelation because there's you the narration is mostly through Dan yeah so you get a whole lot of his just like chaotic mm-hmm. alcoholic yeah mind. I was gonna say yeah, alcoholism induced insanity yeah right so and part of that is you see him like like this guy's not freaking out that like yeah. I told him exactly where to find it right and so when they so meet, he's dealt with this before right okay. and so then we see that he like being Abra's pediatrician Abra's 
I'm going to do that a lot. Uh-huh. Abracadabra. Being, gotcha. being Abra's pediatrician is... He, so he saw like her parents were like, she's acting weird. She can make sp- yeah. spoons float. What do we do right. with this? Which like, we see in the movie. Yeah. So, and so he's actually really involved with Abra's family because of their concern for Abra. That all actually could have probably been included in the movie. Would have improved it a little bit. Because I, I felt yeah. like that guy dropped off too quick because I was like, that's fucking... That I like that guy's in great a ton actor. of shit. He's a great yeah. actor. He was Gerald in Gerald's game. Like he he's a good actor. He never he's, shows up again. He's supposed to go with Dan to to unbury that would have made more the sense baseball to me. boy. That and would have made Billy, more sense. Yeah, who has been injured or maybe that's when he had his stroke or whatever, uh-huh. is watching Abra while okay. Abra does her astral projection thing. Gotcha. Billy stays. Outside of Abra's house, guarding Abra's house. Yeah. And Dan and the doctor go find the kid, which makes more sense too because the doctor is used to seeing more graphic items. Yeah. And also, I I felt like Billy's end was ignominious. Not not exactly worthy of a guy who... Probably because he doesn't die in the book. Oh okay. So in the movie they were just really? like, so when so when fucking what, what's her name fucking snakebite uh, snakebite snake, Andy whatever, yeah she's like kill yourself yeah like when she said that I was like god damn that is hard yeah that doesn't happen no not at all I mean huh. it happens in a few of my like occult shows you make fun of all the time yeah but <laughs> but <laughs> no, not in not this book. book yeah <laughs> yeah that I felt like that was so tacked on and I'm glad to hear it wasn't yep. in the book but I wish it wasn't in the movie at all like there could have been another way to kill him if you want to get rid of none of the main of good guys die in the okay book. I, I do honestly think that it's pretty cool though yeah the, the, yeah that she had like, that power like, yeah this like 15 year old obviously like been through a lot of shit and she's life. dying and when she's she dying. just says offhand kill yourself and he kills himself yeah because she'd never yeah. really done anything that extreme with like her mind control yeah. power and then she's like you just fucking shot me i'm sitting here bleeding out kill yourself though yeah that's get, fucking cool i do get, I like that i get why it might be so powerful as she's like dying in that moment where it's just like she puts all of her energy into kill yourself it just felt like out of nowhere in the me. book she only puts people to like that's her only gift oh, okay. is that she can like kind of calm people down put them to but sleep in this she that. she controls full, them full control. fully yeah, yeah. But that doesn't hold up to when you see her in the movie theater. Because no. if she could do that, why doesn't she like, you want to give me all your money? Right. Or you, you want to cut your own face. Like, why do right. I have to be the one to do it? Right. Yeah. Oh. So that that didn't follow either way. Okay. But that, that was minor. But so for, you remember, I think it's like two lines in the movie. They talk about Abra's Momo. Yes. Who's like her grandmother. Yeah, that's a thing Mike Flanagan does where he includes weird stuff from the book without explaining it. Momo's a really big character. Okay. So, And this is going to be major I remember the mentioning spoilers. it and me being like, yeah, I know. Because I've, I've seen so much Mike Flanagan shit, I'm like, oh, I know that's something they'll probably never even come back to. And they didn't. Right. So in in the book, Momo is dying. Every like they all go visit her. You meet Momo. She's got like all these secrets. She has a little bit of shine to her. Okay. Um, she ends up being transferred to the hospital hospice 
where Dan is an orderly. Oh, well, see, okay. Again, this draw, all that makes more sense, drawing all the stuff together instead of it all just being coincidence. Right. Yeah. So she's there. She's got like very late stage cancer. Uh She, you know, was with Abra Abra her whole life. Uh And like they're very, very close and they can kind of shine together, but... Momo's is nowhere near as strong as Abra's, but she she's okay. aware of it and she can kind of like help sense when Abra's moods okay. get real weird. Yeah. And so Momo goes to this hospital. Dan is the orderly. He's Dr. Sleep. Right. Um, he helps facilitate her going to the hospital because at this point he's established a relationship, like a long-standing relationship with Abra and her parents. Uh-huh. Ish her parents, but definitely with Abra. And so she gets into the hospice care. She gets there. She starts dying. Dan talks to her a little bit. They kind of get to know each other. She realizes Dan and Abra have a connection. It's because Jack Torrance, when he was a college professor, Uh had an affair Uh with a student. Right. And that student is Abra's mother. So Dan really is Uncle Dan Uncle to Dan. Abra. Okay. Okay. Oh, shit. That's a really big thing, and it explains yeah. the connection. I see. I see Jack why. Torrance banged Jocelyn Donahue. No, Jocelyn Donahue is is his daughter. Is his daughter? Yeah. Fuck. That makes sense, though. <laughs> Age appropriate. I. Okay, I see why you cut all that out of the movie. That's all too complicated. It's, it's already it's an almost three-hour movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's longer than The Shining. Yeah. It is actually a few minutes longer than The Shining, which, which is, is a very long movie. Yeah. Crazy. So, all right. All but that helps. It does. Yeah, it helps a whole lot because you're like, yeah. why Why the fuck is this kid just have like this super strong yeah. random Because ca- mm-hmm. that's the thing too is like you, and they touched on it where like she's a little child at her birthday party and she just writes hello on the chalkboard. Yeah. And then you jump eight years and he's and, like, oh, long time no see. They yeah. have a long standing relationship. Oh, okay. And most of it's like very banal. It's very spread. Yeah far apart you know like i did well in school today uh-huh. i had a bad day yeah. like, like it's really minor stuff he's he's her tony but she's more clear on what's actually happening exactly yeah, yeah. Okay. so you it's a more established relationship by the okay. time you get to all the action which that i get like that's an easy cut for a movie yeah you don't you don't need to show yeah that. you don't need all yeah now one thing that i definitely want to touch on here and hear your insights about too is that the the ending of this movie kind of apes the ending of the shining yeah. book where a a possessed man uh turns the boiler up to full blast and destroys the hotel now that's how the book ends that is not how the shining movie ends obviously but this movie again is kind of trying to be a sequel to both so yeah in the book the shining hotel uh, the overlook is destroyed and I believe that you told me earlier today that they go to basically just the substructure of where the Overlook used to be. But in the movie here, they go to the full-blown Overlook Hotel. So how huh. is the book ending different than the movie? I'm interested to know. The Overlook Overlook exploded with uh, Danny Torrance mm-hmm. without, like, he escaped. Yeah. So it, Dick Halloran lived. Right. Dick Halloran helped Wendy and Danny 
move to Florida because they never wanted to see snow right. ever again in Almost their life. Almost all of this is in the movie except Dick Halloran didn't live. Right. Though there is like indication of it in the beginning of the movie where we see Dick Halloran, turns out he's just shining to a dead spirit. Right. Yeah. Which force ghost. Yeah, they yeah. handle like Dan does come back as a ghost after he dies. He dies an old man peacefully in his mm-hmm. sleep. Um, but he does come back as a ghost, but he's possessing the body of a dead hospice person oh, when that happens. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's, it gets weirder. Yeah. Which is an easy cut again. Yeah, and yeah, that is an easy cut because that would have been one of those situations where, well, I guess a hospice person dies, then they start talking again, and we're supposed to somehow get its dick howling. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, just cut that. That's yeah. completely easy. So... Dick lives kind of helps Danny train. Mm-hmm. Danny's alcoholism mute to shine. Yeah. There's a whole lot in the sequel book of the different variations on how people shine. Right. So you kind they yeah, kind of gave you like a little in the movie, but a, not much. Yeah, where it's yeah. like, you know, the house eats people. There right. are people who are eat people like yeah. the house did. Like uh-huh. there's a lot more of that in the book, which okay. I found really, really interesting. Yeah, part well, of why and I that's the, the best so part of the movie is all the new stuff where it's like all these this group of people going around and feeding off of the shine. Like right. that's so interesting. And made the first two acts of the movie really interesting. They never called them RV people, which they do throughout the whole book. book, And I love. And now every time I'm driving down the interstate and I see like two or three in a row, I'm like, RV people. people. Uh (laughs) I love that they're... There's there's these like bohemian gypsy... Yeah. uh, Carny people. But also they never directly call them vampires... No, per se, like the word vampire is never said, but they're essentially they're psychic definitely vampires psychic vampires. Yeah, they feed off of what they call steam, which is kind yeah. of like the spirit energy, the shine. the shine. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah. and which is how they go into so much of it. Before is that some people call it the shine, some people call it magic, some people call right. it psychic abilities. Like uh-huh. They call it steam. Okay. It, that's just their name for it. All right. So this is Walking Dead rules where everybody has their own word for zombie. It's just not zombie. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. So the ending in the book, they they do go back to the site of the Overlook. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like a national campground now. Billy is there. Not okay. dead because he doesn't die. Right. Billy is there protecting Dan okay. as backup. Abra is there astral projecting from a hotel with the doctor. To keep her safe. Neither of her parents die. They're both fully aware of what's happening. They're both unhappy about what's going on. Right. We we got a dead dad here. Yeah. Dead dead. dad. Black metal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so... (laughs) And they basically... When Momo died after Uh she and Dan talked... Dan was with her because he's Dr. Sleep. He always yeah. with him. He, she was dying of cancer. I really liked that part of the movie, by the way. I thought that was really affecting. Like, oh, yeah. It gave him more of a character than just the kid from The Shining. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he's with her when she dies. She has cancer. It's like eaten up. Like her entire body's eaten with it. Mm-hmm. When she dies, her steam releases. He ingests her cancerous steam. Ah, Holds it, and he starts getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Because it's in him, okay. They have this huge confrontation. The idea is that her entire, like, her being was infected, not just her body? Well, okay, so 
the true knot in the book are uh-huh. dying off. Uh, okay. You just see them cycle uh-huh. and die right. when they get shot or injured yeah. to the point where that's where that starts happening. Yeah. They're actually there's some kind of illness that's sweeping through the true oh, knot. So they're all suffering through. And so this and anyway. that's bringing also okay. like panic of like we have to find more people. It's just that's right. why Billy's death is so violent. Okay. That's why they're like so desperate to find Abra because mm-hmm. they're dying off. They're watching mm. them their core group die. Huh. And we get a little bit of that whenever we have the uh, the old man, the grandpa guy, like die off. Yeah. And it is. It is a gruesome scene. It is. It is a gruesome scene. Right. And they did that perfectly. I yeah, love the way that they did that. Handled was, this that was really movie. well done. But, so they do have the shootout that you see where Billy dies in the movie, uh-huh. but he, in the book, he's not dead. He's guarding Dan. Okay. So those people are dead. Then Dan, they break into this campground to confront every, like Rose and whoever is left. Because uh-huh. a lot of people have died. A lot of people die in the shootout. And. Dan breaks into where they're sleeping, wakes them up, and breathes this cancerous steam on them. Oh, they ingest it, and they die. Badass. Then he goes, and he and Astral Projection Abra fights Rose okay. on the leveled parking ground uh-huh. of where the overlook used to be gotcha he's got the he's he is unboxing some of the ghosts and sending them out to attack people uh-huh and so he doesn't do it all at once like he does in the movie yeah right, it's, okay it's piecemeal like he unlocks each i also box. like the idea that he has some control over them because he's had them in his mind for so long right yeah, yeah so he he chooses to release them gotcha and then he and abra are fighting rose and they're starting to lose and then jack torrance shows up and saves him like kind oh. of like helps push Rose over the edge. So, so she this dies. is uh, like Jack Torrance's spirit stuck in the Overlook. Correct. Who's because the Overlook come around. ate him. Yeah. Uh huh. While we're on the subject, let's talk about how do you guys think that the stand-in recreation of Jack Torrance guy did? I thought that his voice wasn't exactly right, but honestly, it's like anybody doing a jack nicholson impression right kind of sounds like a phony anyway yeah he could have gone full christian slater with it but he he does yeah. he does do the physicality well and he did the, the physicality really yeah. really well the voice might not be perfect but everything else he does a really good job but again it, to me it's still better than weird cgi yeah, fake I agree. face yeah like, i'm totally okay with just i don't know find somebody that looks kind of like him recast it mm-hmm. it's a fucking movie use your imagination it's jack torrance just yeah. go with it, you know? Yeah, I'm with that. I agree with you. So, yeah. Yeah, I would say you did a good job. I would say all the stand-ins in general like did a good job. The only one I had the biggest problem with was the uh, Great Party, isn't it, guy? Because he Dude, didn't have a British accent. We were talking about that yesterday. He's like, Great Party, isn't it? And it's like, no, it's Great Party, isn't it? He's, He's a, supposed to be very British. Doesn't Ewan McGregor, he, he mentions that guy, and when he does the impression of him, it's he a does. British accent. Yep. <laughs> so why didn't they have the guy have a British accent? One of the weird things to me is that they they brought back, okay, they brought back um, so many people that were in The Shining. We have the corpse lady from the bathtub. Uh-huh, the twins. We have the twins. Mm-hmm. Party guests. Yeah, exactly. All these guys, they didn't bring back weird, fucked up dog man. I know. Bear suit blowjob guy. I kept waiting for him to show I up did. around I the corner. I kept waiting for just a tiny Easter egg, at the very least, like out off in the distance. Like a little paw on the yeah. ground upside down. That would have been great. Well, dude, especially like there towards the end, whenever, you know, 
basically Danny unleashes all these shining ghosts onto yeah. Rose, and they're like, it honestly kind of reminded me of Society, where they're like putting uh-huh. their hands into yeah, her face Yeah, where they're like merging shit. into her. Really yeah. gruesome and weird. It's like, what would be more fucked up than to have that fucking dog man... <laughs> Just Ugh. suddenly show up with his just fucking butt out. Of like, him. Ugh. Give me that. That would be way disturbing, and I would be very okay. With I kept waiting on that, and it it never really happened. I had a little bit of trouble with the way Rose died because it was so anticlimactic. She's built up the whole movie as this badass, and then she's being a badass, and then suddenly she's dead. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, kind of, sort of. I wish there was a little bit more of like maybe her having to deal with each ghost or like instead of them just all swarming her immediately, you know? Well, I like that he kind of unleashed it and brought back the the things that haunted him to to destroy her. Yeah, I don't have have any problem with that. I'm honestly not sure that I love that preceding that was basically a reenactment of the famous staircase scene that was a, a definite reenactment it was a, a full so reenactment bad. and it was bad yeah they would have done better just to try something new after that yep. i mean that's one of the most well-known shots of that movie and then like i said to do this this they kind even of, flash to it mm-hmm. a yeah. little bit afterward it's like come on yeah, it's guys it's like kind of a reminder like hey remember how this wasn't as good as it was the first time oh yeah shit. i do yeah <laughs> yeah i think they could have come up with a better way around that rather than reenacting that scene, I was satisfied with her death. I liked that she got swarmed by. Yeah, that that could have worked for me. Ghosts. I just wish it had been dragged out a little bit more because she was such a badass before that that it was just such a quick death. It was very. Yeah. Sad. I thought that like yeah. it was very very sudden. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a big long like psychic mm-hmm. fight. I mean, it's a Stephen King. Like, they, yeah, it, it's not a great fight. Right. But it's it's still much more interesting. Yeah, than the book, it, I imagine. Yeah. It, it's Dan and her, and then Abra's astral projecting yeah. into it and helping, and then Jack shows up and like helps push it over the edge, and that's it. There's not a ton of interaction okay. between Dan and Jack. Like they just wave. Oh. They wave to each other across the cliff, and instead that's of it. having the whole like the bar yeah, scene, none yeah. of that nonsense. Okay. Okay, does Danny die at the end of the book? No, nobody dies. Dan doesn't die. Billy doesn't die. The doctor doesn't die. Abra doesn't die. Abra's parents don't Rose, die. Does Rose die? Rose Ro- dies. I Rose think. dies oh, okay. and Momo dies. Okay, Rose and Momo are dead. Yeah. Momo, a character who's not even in the movie. Right, yeah. Right. But major the, in the only book. two people who die. <laughs> Dan had some real faith that Abra, a fucking, what, 14-year-old girl... Stranded on a snow and ice covered mountaintop with a car that she doesn't know how to drive, <laughs> would just be able to find her own yeah, way out. It really was just well, like the police showed up, even though it's supposed to take hours and hours yeah. for anybody to get to the overlook. Yeah, like police the were idea, there instantly. Like if if they had if they had had her instead, and this would have worked better for me. Uh, even though I was a little bit tired of the references back to The Shining in the third act. It would have worked better to me if it had showed her staring at the the building burning down and then cut to daylight. She's standing outside freezing and the police are coming up. Yeah, that would make sense. Because it would take hours for them to get there mm-hmm. instead of minutes. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. is like, I, I can buy like, okay, you can see the overlook on the mountainside from miles away. You would see if it was on fire. Yeah, in so the, the police the would eventually go up there. But they also made such an emphasis in the original to say, like, this place is so remote. You're yep. fucked. Yep. Yeah, and, and desolate and unconnected from everywhere else that, like, you're hours and hours and hours away. And it's like, 
the heat was pretty fucking well on that place as yeah. soon as the first spark was lit, y'all. Yeah. Just, I don't, I don't yeah, know about just that. Just to cut to daylight. It wouldn't have cost them more money. Cut to daylight. You don't even have to show the burnt out building. Just show the little girl being like, I'm cold because it stopped burning. And oh, good. The police are coming. Yeah. That's a more believable ending. So, okay, do you think the book or movie ending was more satisfactory? Oh, yeah. Book, totally. Okay. The, it's re- the movie was Ready Player One. Yeah, it, like, was, it was. It was so Ready it Player was One. It was so Ready Player One. And I was, <laughs> the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, this seems weird. And then you came in, Stephen, and said, yeah. it's Ready. And I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's yep. it. That's exactly what it is. We're watching mm-hmm. Ready Player One. Yeah, where it's like, that was a cool thing, right? Yeah. It was. You it know, was great. The funny thing about it was, is like, as we were watching the movie... It was right about that point, like right where the third act was starting. And I was, you know, it's like I knew we were going to be doing like a little mini episode on this. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, in terms of like review notes, I'm so stoked that this hasn't leaned all that heavily on The Shining and The Overlook and Stanley Kubrick's movie and stuff. And then like literally after I said that in my head... Dan Torrance was like, I know where we need to go. Yeah. And it was all like, shiny, 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 yeah. shiny. So I was like, oh, well, oh, okay. All right. You know, it honestly kind of felt like something that I read in an IMDb review, like really late last night. Somebody just happened to word it this way. And, you know, they, they gave it like a one star review, which I obviously don't. No, agree yeah, with, I disagree with that. Somebody worded it in such a way that I was like, you know what? That actually is pretty accurate. They said it's kind of like, the third act of the movie is like a Disney ride of The Shining where you're floating <laughs> through the ride and you see all the characters that you know and they uh-huh. say their signature lines. Yeah. Like, come play with this. Nice party, yeah. isn't it? Etc. And it takes away the scariness of those characters to see them presented in such a, I don't know, pastiche sort of way. Yeah. But it feels kind of like a Disney ride. It does. In a way. Yeah. At the same time, it's like, I am such a fucking sucker for any of that shit. I mean, my favorite part of Ready Player One was the, the shit where they part. were in The Shining. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I will give anything just to revisit those locales and those characters and stuff. So I feel like kind of a sucker for being cool with it. But at the same time, yeah, I can complain about it a little bit. I mean, bit. were those the same sets? I'd love to know if those were the exact... Because they look... I don't think they were. Very similar. You found something because I was yeah. thinking the elevators pouring so they, blood. They went back they and recreated, recreated that, right? all of that. They They're, did a good job. Okay, here's yeah, the thing. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. There are a few reused shots from The Shining. Okay. The scene where uh, they're driving up to the hotel... And it's that aerial helicopter shot of the yeah, the water and dark the island. This time, that yeah. is actually the original shots from The Shining that they have retouched with color and okay. added snow to digitally. But those okay. are the shots. I could tell it was digitally enhanced, but yeah, you're yeah, it looks so much like the it. elevator blood scene, which I kind of like that it's kind of shown that through Rose's eyes, like she sees that elevator of blood and she's kind of like yeah. fucking sick. Like this is awesome. Yeah, this she's is not what scared I've by it. She's like, for, this yeah. power, this place is amazing. Yeah. I like that, but I'm not sure if that's a recreation or if that is the actual footage that they retouched to make the walls look dirty and grungy and stuff because maybe yeah. there's so many details. Again, I'm such a I fucking nerd I think the chairs stuff, are dude. different. That's what I kept noticing I was I think I the chairs are a little are. different. I'm not positive though. 
they looked odd to me too. Okay. But I've not done any research on so any of it. If they redid it, that's the hardest thing to redo other than the helicopter shot. So I mean the hardest thing to redo in that blood scene is the mysterious apparent body in the blood. Do you know about all this shit? No. No, this is one of his conspiracy theories. Uh, I don't okay. buy into it. I've never seen it. This so is- there's apparently a body in the blood coming out of the elevator. Yeah, this is one of those uh, call it of learning, Rob Ager things that you can find on YouTube and stuff. I have to look that up. It's it's interesting, and it's one of those things that after it's pointed at, you can see it. Whether it's a body or not is completely up for debate, obviously. Right. But yeah, in the initial tidal wave of blood, <laughs> it's not for sure. There is something that looks like a mass that's in the blood. Okay. Uh, like it would be the upper part of a torso and gotcha. a head. Uh, and that is actually in this. So I'm okay. again, I'm not sure if they took the original footage from the Kubrick yeah. estate and retouched it. It, like it is something like I don't know. Here's the thing: like the first two acts are a really great separate movie, and it is something where I don't like the third act, but I will be going back and comparing the two probably and seeing yeah. like how how well did they recreate this because it looks I'm very so much good. looking forward to whatever YouTuber like does yeah. the side by side. I would and love I will to see that. the side by side comparison. It it would be very interesting. One of the things that stood out the most for me in this movie that I want to talk about is the is the violence and gore. Oh my god. There's not necessarily a ton of it, but let's start with one of the more There's some fucking crazy there's violence. There's some crazy shit. Let's start with one of the things that I've seen firsthand, which is the degloving of a hand whenever uh, Rose is stuck this in the This is dream. a Mike Flanagan thing. Watch Gerald's game if you want to see a hardcore degloving of oh, a hand. You want to see that baby? Yeah. No. Cuz <laughs> this that degloving is like Fucking brutal, and the one in Gerald's game is a full like from the wrist degloving, but the one in this movie felt to it me looked so felt good. real. Oh, well, uh, I was clutching yeah. my left hand. Yeah, I was just like, oh fuck, fuck. As the one person who is sitting around this table who has literally ripped the skin off of her own hand oh. before, would you say that is pretty accurate? It looked pretty good. Yeah, that yeah. looked real accurate. Really I mean, did. it. I grabbed my hand yeah, that it has been almost a decade since it, I yeah. heard it. And I like clutched it to my chest going, oh my God, ow, 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 ow. They portrayed it so it fucking, good. like the way that the skin was bunched up oh, like, dude, around the knuckles. Yeah. And, yeah, of course it I mean, does. Yeah. It, it looks like you're taking a glove off. Yeah. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, it was brutal. It, it was beautiful makeup work. And I'm cringing right now thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that the, the death scenes with the true knot and stuff were cool. I loved how they would breathe oh, yeah, in yeah. and you would kind of see like transparencies of their anatomy and stuff. They would almost look yeah. like, like again, I saw dumbass reviews that were like, why did they turn to zombies when they die? They it's like, didn't. They no, were... they're, they're already dead. You're yeah. seeing that they are corpses inside. Yeah. They're, it's like their Ex- true form is being revealed yeah, as they their die. Their exterior is their shine, right? Like Did they're they basically it, projecting this vision. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Did they call it cycling in the movie? No. Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah they, they did. did. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like oh, well, old grandpa cycling. Or oh, okay, yeah, yeah, they did. And I was like, well, I bet that means something in the books, but yeah. they never explained it. That, in the movie. That's yeah. a big, that, and that's yeah. what they call the death part. Oh, is okay. That cycling. Cycling because you do like go in it, but it lasts days. Like grandpa died yeah. over weeks. And that actually kind it's of brutal. happens in the movie where like he feeds and he gets like younger, but then the next time we see him, he's old again already. Yep. Like, okay. So you, gotcha. you kind of see it a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it's 
It's brutal, and I loved the way the movie yeah. did. I thought it looked great. I thought so too, man. The death of that baseball boy That's was... That's the most brutal part of this Absolutely movie. fucking punishing. Because they torture that a child. Was, <laughs> dude, the thing the thing is, is like, yeah, they abduct this, this baseball player, like 11-year-old, that has the shine, and he yeah. uses it to predict like, pitches that yeah. pitchers are throwing and shit like this. They abduct him. They tie him down. He's like, are you going to hurt me? And she's like... And, you know, at this point, you're you're thinking like the usual movie tropes, like, no, it'll only hurt for just a second. Sli- no. Slit his throat, then he's dead. She's like, no, we are gonna hurt you and torture you. Uh, fear and pain purify the shot or the, the smoke, the, the steam, the steam. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of reminiscent of stuff that like uh, Pennywise the Clown says, as far as like the fear yes. makes you taste better. Yeah, this ties. This does because the shining also from Monsters Inc. Oh yeah, it that is. Too, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the the Kubrick Shining is like Kubrick, but this ties back into a Stephen King verse where it's like, oh no no no, like fear as a as a feeding mechanism is a big thing in his books. So like, I I think that this does a better job of being part of the Stephen King verse that is being established more readily now than was in 1980 when Kubrick made. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But man, whenever they are, they start cutting that kid up and <sighs> it's like there's multiple it's cuts brutal, where it, it just goes back to him more and more and he is just more and more covered in blood and just screaming. Yeah. That kid did such a good job. He did, like, yeah. In the end when he's like crying and screaming mm. and like, I mean, he is doing a great job. He really is. It's really disturbing it is yeah. really really disturbing to me because it's like it's one thing to see a kid like get killed in a horror movie i mean we've seen that in, yeah. in several flicks but this kid's being slowly tortured and screaming and crying for his yeah. life and it's actually very fucking disturbing yeah it is very very disturbing the rarity of killing a child in a horror movie in, in this movie is yeah, he's like Surplanted by the absolute rarity of torturing a child to death in a yeah. horror movie. That's just not a thing you see. I, I can't think of another instance. I honestly. can't think of any. There's also a dead baby in this. There is also a dead baby. <laughs> what? It's not always shocking, but when it is, it's fucked up. It's pretty shocking. Yeah. That the ghost of that woman and her dead kid. Yeah. Come into play a lot. Like that's kind oh, okay. of that's his yeah, like that trigger sort of for falls alcohol away in the like, movie. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. You that's you see them Pascal a lot. Pascal from The Shining. Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you see the uh, um. Pet Cemetery. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Pascal, Pet Cemetery. Uh, you see, like he briefly talked about the flies. Uh huh. There's a lot of visuals in the book. Like, oh, okay. Even as a hospice he talks worker, about his like with the f- face being covered in them by the time. Yeah, she when does, people yeah. are dying, they start getting surrounded by flies, uh-huh. and they start. So like he'll. Part of his hospice work as Doctor Sleep is he sees all these flies all the time. Is the cat part of the book? Yep, okay. Azriel. Cat's adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Angel name, which I thought was real weird. It's yeah. a weird pull. That is a strange name. But I don't know. But yeah, the cat. The like cat's it was, Azriel wasn't necessarily associated with the transfer from life to death, as far as I remember. No, he's one of the main. Um, like he was up there with uh, fucking yeah. Morningstar. Yeah. Yeah. Angel, okay. like he's. So, that's an interesting one of choice. The main, yeah. Maybe just a callback to the Smurfs. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's Though the it. cat doesn't look anything like that cat. No, I mean, it was a big fluffy white cat. Yeah. Even like it's kind of ghost-like. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Steve, you were talking to me earlier about how you thought that this movie drew some very obvious influences from did. a couple other flicks. It Why did. Why don't you talk about some of those a couple of movies that, that are pre-Stephen King writing this, and that's Nightmare on Elm Street and The Sixth Sense. The Nightmare on Elm Street, specifically the fights in the dreams that we do see occur. Some of which are, are amazing. Dude, that's, yeah. that scene of where Rose starts astral projecting and it's just her yeah. floating above the city. Yeah. But it's also more like, it's not so much that she is floating above the world, it's that the world is like revolving around her. Yeah, I like so that. So beautiful. I like how it seems to be moving around her, yeah. But what I really saw was specifically the sixth sense in the final like mother daughter talk oh yeah which absolutely. is very much like tony collette weird. and what's his name Haley joe in the car sitting in the traffic where he tells her that like he sees dead people or whatever and that he's seen grandma and all that stuff like there's just this really similar feel to it but also, this is a vampire movie, <laughs> like in so many ways, tying into no vampire, tying into no vampire, like all of the all of what the psychic vampirism they're doing is so very much like just a regular vampire movie. Like they're a traveling band of vampires would have just been been just as easy as a description of psychic whatever they are they're not that far off from like the they're near not, dark yeah. crew i yeah. mean they fucking roll around in an rv there yep. is a ragtag ancient mm -hmm. family that's old yep. as fuck and lives by their own rules and stuff it's basically imagine if in near dark the main characters were villains <laughs> it's not that far off yeah from that. yeah yeah i agree with you so yeah this movie seems to uh, i mean it's obviously working off stephen king so stephen king seems to have been taking from some of the horror movies that had come out since then and almost in a way this is like the horror version of ready player one like if ready player one was yep. only horror <laughs> like mm -hmm. here are all the characters in horror in one movie there you go boom i'm with you i overall really enjoyed this movie Me too. like again I, like i said i couldn't go in with higher expectations of it's a follow-up of my favorite movie ever but then the low expectations of it's a follow-up to my favorite movie ever. And it was directed by Mike Flanagan and all this kind of stuff. Right. I went in with pretty low expectations and ended up enjoying it quite a lot. Yeah, I, okay. I agree with you that the third act of the movie does, again, feel like a Disney ride of of The Shining. Yeah. Um, I think that there's something about bringing back a lot of those characters, like the woman in the tub and the twins and, yeah. and, and all she this plays, kind of stuff. She plays a pretty big role the woman in the tub not that she has major moments but she's in it almost throughout we keep she seeing is, flashes yeah. of she's her in there a lot yeah that almost it, it, it almost makes like those characters feel like old friends rather uh -huh. than shit that fucked me up whenever I saw exactly. it the first time yeah does that make sense yes and that's how I felt. That's one of those things that I will say is like okay like it was cool to see me again but it also kind of makes them a little bit less scary yeah you know in a way uh, so third act is a little bit of a weak point to me but again that's goddamn what fucking stephen king book are we not yeah. talking about when we say the third act was kind of weak that's and just by the way the third act you're two hours and 10 minutes into the movie i think you've already got two hours and 10 minutes a good movie a pretty cool shit yeah 
And you wouldn't have had any of it yeah. if they weren't trying to match up the Kubrick movie. Exactly. That's true. If they weren't trying to stick... Like, the fact that a sequel to The Shining comes with the caveat, you got to at least approach the Kubrick movie. And they did a good job of that, I think. Just... Yeah, rel- like, I, I think I was pretty pleased with Me the way too. they yeah. handled it. I have major disagreements. Me too. But... The, the it makes sense the way they improve. had to do it. Yeah, it does. It does. They were painted into a certain corner, and there were only a couple ways to go at it. Yeah, because that's the thing. Is like if they didn't go back to the Overlook and they didn't see the twins and they didn't yeah. say "come play with us," like people would be pissed. That's people true. People would be pissed. People would be pissed. So you do have to re- play to your audience. So exactly. I mean, honestly, there is no good way to write a sequel to The Shining. No. There's no good way to make a movie sequel to The Shining. It's like yeah. that is again one of if not the most beloved pieces in the crown of horror history there's no way you're going to write something that either improves on it or harkens back to it in a way that is going to satisfy people you can't do it no no and i think i think this is this is a movie worth watching it's good it's enjoyable uh if you love the shining as much as we do the third act will probably be a little disappointing if you're not as huge on The Shining. This might just be a good horror movie might for, work you. for you. Yeah. If you read the book, you're like, I don't think that guy yeah. dies. <laughs> what happened here? Which is what I did. Yeah. Hey, what happened? <laughs> he wasn't supposed to die, right? Yeah. Am I? Did I forget that? <laughs> so I, I'm gonna say overall, recommend. I recommend it. Yeah. I I really did like it. it, it I enjoyed it. Expectations, and there's tons of Easter eggs too. Like if you're a nerd about all this shit, oh, yeah. like. Dude, I mean the, the, the casting alone. Yeah. Watch it for the casting. Yeah. The casting is amazing. Yeah, and and then I mean even just like little tiny things like Abra's street number is 1980. Uh-huh. Or her house number, I mean, yeah. which is of course the the year the movie came out. The the first room that somebody dies in that the cat like predicts is 217. Yeah. I mean, there's like all Okay, even like smaller, tinier little weird shit that they picked up on that like just shining fans have picked up on that they put in this movie. One of those scenes where Dan is working the, the desk at the hospice care place, right? Mm-hmm. He's reading a magazine and he puts it down. It's totally that July Playgirl issue. That's from the first shine. Yeah. He's totally reading <laughs> that magazine. Oh yeah, and dude, the inter- the fact that for the job interview, it's totally just Almond's office. Oh yeah, that is the same Direct. exact office. Just yeah, the weird like hands yeah. and like mm-hmm. everything. That yeah, is so weird. Those are, those are callbacks that like if you've seen The Shining enough, you're like obvious. But if you're just somebody who's a normal person and seen The Shining right. like once or twice, you'd be like, I don't know why, but this connects me back to that movie. Like you yeah, just wouldn't totally. catch the the very obvious reference. Yeah. And, Dan during his AA meeting speech is wearing uh-huh. like a blue sweater. Which yeah, is that like sweater Apollo looks so sweater. much like the Apollo sweater. Like even yeah. the stitching is like exactly. a little Big odd over, over the same way. Yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of little things that if you're a fucking geek about The Shining like I am, reference back and they're they're there and they're yeah. present. So it's like the, I think they had lots of respect for the source material and just the source material that nerds like me make up about yeah. shit that was there in the shining so i think so it is res- fake <laughs> no i didn't say that i'm not saying that i think that um since we did a mini so not long ago of it chapter two and i really loved it chapter one and i was so disappointed with it chapter two this is like 10 times 
Oh, yeah. As good oh, as yeah. it chapter two. Definitely. If you enjoyed it, chapter two, I'm not even making fun of you. I'm just saying you'll <laughs> enjoy this even more, hopefully. I was about to say, like, I enjoyed it, chapter yeah. two. But this is better. It's better, yeah. Yeah, it is better. But the book's better. I Yeah, I so. imagine. Yeah. He's had some time to get better at writing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Sober up and be like, oh, that's what cocaine is. <laughs> so, yeah, overall... I, I enjoyed it. I think that we all were just like, yeah, it's worth it's worth seeing. It's not oh, yeah. a, I mean, it would have been so easy for this just to be pissing in the face of oh, The yeah. Shining. And I, I get the impression that a lot of people feel like it is. I've read a lot of really bad reviews about it, but Whatever. fuck, man, you can't please everybody. Come on. But yeah. to me, I am a fucking geek about everything Shining related. And I'm like, yeah, it's good. So go it's, with that. It's almost like, Somebody who likes The Shining could go into this and be like, I like The Shining more than you, meaning I hate this movie more than you will. Like, yeah. obviously, it's, it's going to be... <laughs> don't this, be that guy. Don't nope. be that guy. Nobody likes that guy. Nobody likes that guy. It, it, it's not The Shining, but it's a fucking fun movie. Okay, what's your evaluation? Yeah, fun movie, fun book. I mean, both kind of on the same scale of like, just it's good entertainment. Yeah. It's, you know, you get a little bit of new stuff. It's fun i enjoyed it you should watch it mm-hmm. casting is phenomenal oh, camera yeah. work is so great fucking that beautiful. mike Flanagan, Just the even if you work. don't like other stuff he's done you you can say for sure that that episode of haunting of hill house that was like three total shots kind of one shot episode. oh yeah God, that was my favorite episode it was amazing Easy. yeah yeah it's amazing it it's good Every, yeah go see it if, if you halfway like stephen king or the shining You'll enjoy yeah. this story. Sure. Well, there you go, guys. Our complete mini-sode review of Dr. Sleep. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. You guys can tell us thanks by giving us dollar papers on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Go on over there. Become a $5 patron. You can give us a submission for our drawings that we do once a month and we might cover whatever crazy movie you want us to cover yeah damn right you guys can also follow us on social media at dead lovely pod on twitter and instagram dead and lovely horror movie podcast group on the facebook also youtube.com forward slash dead and lovely all kinds of ways to follow us thank you guys so much for listening uh i guess the next episode coming out is going to be our interview with the vampire vampire. whenever this comes out so you guys be sure to tune in to that follow us through this whole month of no vampire where we're talking exclusively vampire related shit more like yes vampire yes vampire (laughs) say yes to the vampire Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We have been Uncle Ben, Hollywood Steve, and Tanta Kate. We're dead lovely. Bye-bye. The Shining 2 Electric Boogaloo.